is Tori Johnston, and I am the host of the IBE Flipping the Industry podcast. I'm an IBE stylist and educator who loves to connect with stylists in the industry. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to chat with you about growing as an extension stylist in the beauty industry and sharing behind the scenes on others who have done the same. It is my honor to introduce to you Mackenzie Turley, founder of Invisible Beat Extensions and Goldilocks, a luxury hair care and supplement line for professionals. Many of us know about all of your success with IBE, but why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us who you are? Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for everybody who is here supporting and listening. This is crazy, and I cannot believe that that anybody would even that we're here that anybody would even want to listen to us on this podcast today i'm just so grateful and humbled um i again my name is mckenzie i am 39 years old i am a mother of four and industry speaking i'm a baby i attended cosmetology school six years ago it took me about two years to get through so as of you know, first of 2022, I have been out on my own as a licensed cosmetologist for four years. So um, it's kind of crazy. Hair was not a calling for me like it is for so many in this industry that that just know when they're in high school or when they're a little girl or a little boy, they're just like, man, I want to join this industry. That, that wasn't it for me. Mm-hmm. I actually music was my life. So I was a professional musician. I taught voice and piano lessons. I wrote and arranged music. I recorded professionally. I was on stage. And then, you know, through a series of of events, I felt called away from that and drawn Mm -hmm. towards this industry. And I listened and I immediately enrolled in in cosmetology school after I had just um, given birth to my fourth daughter. And I told my husband, hey, I I kind of feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And as shocked as we both were, it was it was pretty much like, okay, yeah, this this is what you need to be doing and we'll make the changes here at home to to go for it. So that's kind of how I found myself here, which I know is a little unconventional. And sometimes I feel a little bit like an imposter, you know, kind of have that imposter syndrome of, well, who do you think you are that you could create something when you don't have the years behind you that so many other do in the industry? Mm. Yeah. I, I feel you with that one. I love that you have actually just defied those odds. Like you're just here to prove that that's not what it's all about. It takes someone who truly wants something and that's all you have to have is that desire and that drive and you can have. Yeah. I think really that, that license as a cosmetologist, that is the very base of what you need to make it in this industry or what you need to be successful. You've got to jump through that hoop. But after that, it's all about your desire. It's all about your drive. And whether you've been here for a year or 20, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because if those things are aligned, then you'll, you can create some magic. That is so, so true. And I I love that you mentioned, you know, how you got here and 
um, what brought you here, because that was like one of the first things I wanted to talk about. And, you know, just how did the original idea of Invisible Beat Extensions come up? Where were you seeing those those needs that were unmet? <laughs> so I, I I am not playing right now. I legit woke up one morning <laughs> and I told my husband, I'm like, I just had a dream about how I can up this extension game of mine. <laughs> and okay, and I say of mine, Tor, because yeah. I never, I never entered this industry thinking I want to be an educator. I want to be a teacher. In fact, I just, I truly, I, that was not on my radar. I, I, I joined this industry obviously because I, I felt called to it, but I felt like I could make a difference just in the individual women's lives that were sitting in my chair. So I, mm -hmm. I started doing extensions and was certified in, in a few other popular methods at the time. And that's what I was doing. But I, I just felt like there were holes. There were things that didn't make sense to me. There was knowledge that I was like yearning for that mm. I couldn't get. Like I couldn't, no matter how many comments I made in the Facebook group, no matter how many in-person classes I flew to, it just wasn't filling my cup enough to where I felt like I really could stand behind what I was doing. Yeah. And I, I remember I was working out at the gym with two of my extension clients who were my best friends and they had very fine hair and yet, you know, we're working out, our hair's up in a ponytail and all I can see is these beads. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, what? I, I can't, like, this is driving me crazy. And I know it's just become, you know, at that point it was just, it was accepted. It was like, oh yeah, like she wears hair extensions. You can see them. It's just kind of like what it is. You have to just be on board with it. If you want to have extra hair, you're going to either see the tapes, you're going to see the bonds, you're going to see the braids, you're going to see the beads. And so aesthetically, I was just like, Ugh, I, some's got to give. But yet on the other part, you know, I had still been just like at this inner conflict of why can't anybody explain to me why I'm doing what I'm doing? You know, like yeah. I go to these classes and it wasn't, it wasn't why we should do this. It was just do this because I said, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> and it. I've kind of always been the person where I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Like I, I'm going to need to figure this out for myself, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's, that's why I created IBE. And I started just for the pure sake of the women in my chair who had become my close friends as all of our clients do. I just felt like I could do better. And so I, I just jumped. I didn't even like peek down the rabbit hole. I like fully swan dived, stripped at the edge and just said, I am all in. I'm going that into is... this and I am going to, I'm going to solve all of the world's problems with reframing how we look at extensions. Yeah. And I bet there was like, I bet you kind of went in a rabbit hole with research too, just learning like why are we having these problems? You know, yes. what oh, is going on? Yeah, I did from, from a scientific standpoint, I yeah. really started jumping into, you know, it's, it's basic stuff that we learn in cosmetology school. We all studied, you know, scalp health, hair conditions, mm -hmm. scalp conditions. We touch on it. It's not, 
you know, it's not anything that's dialed in for us, but we do learn that. And so I'm like, man, you know, some of those chapters that I, that I was sleeping on in Miladies, I need yeah. to go back because these actually have a huge, huge bearing on what I love to do behind the chair. And I better get right with all of that. So yes, I started studying, you know, just starting with a with the cycle of hair growth and going back to that and going, okay, so if I'm seeing shed, why is it that, you know, ever since the beginning of time, nobody was talking about the different types of shed that come out no. when you take out extensions. Nobody was talking about tension shed, weight shed, natural shed. What's the difference between the three? How could you possibly know? Well, I, I had to know. And so, yeah, yeah. I started there. And then when I started playing around with the method, I, I mean, I'm old school, so I kept everything in a notebook. I booked people in my calendar. Mm -hmm. I just need to feel the pencil, you know, to the paper. So I started taking notes next to every client, meticulous notes of, okay, here was the width of my section. Here was the depth of my section. I used this big of a bead and return and report. You know, and then yeah. so I, I'd see them when they would come back and I would make my little synopsis of what happened. And then I would write, OK, I'm going to try this. I'm going to tweak this. And I had a few clients who I asked to come in every single week so yeah. I could document and just creep up in there and take pictures and see what was happening so that I knew with a surety if there is damage or if there are problems at what point are they most likely to occur? And if they occur at that moment, why did they happen? You know, what yeah. was the cause for them? So I, I, I'm totally neurotic, Tori. Like it yes. was, it was really like a science experiment. And I, and again, still at this point, no intentions of teaching. No, like I was doing this behind the scenes before I ever posted a flip up or before I ever mm -hmm. even said a thing. I mean, the girls at my salon saw me doing it. We're like, what is happening over here in your <laughs> corner? And I'm like, just let me live. Um, right. But yeah, still at that time, I was just, I was just taking notes and refining the process. And, you know, thank goodness I had clients along the way who were there for it because <laughs> right. not everything worked. Right. And I think that that is just huge. I really, truly believe that you know, IBE was the first first method to consider scalp health and all of those things. I mean, to track and follow and measure each and every detail that you have. It is incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. It really is because previously, you know, similarly to you, I was doing the same thing, just cranking them out. And I yep. didn't even pay attention to what their scalp was saying. I was like, okay, we got to get you some hair. But yep. I was not listening to their scalp. And that is one of the most incredible things that I've learned from IBE is how to do that. And I think yeah. it's so important to to know that and to, to do those things. Well, it's it's funny because I I think when we first when IBE first hit the industry, it was all about the flip up. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was, it was beautiful. It was incredible. No one had seen it before. It was just like, what? This is, this is magical, you know? And, and we've seen over the past few years since there has been a lot who are duplicating 
the flip up because that's where they think that the magic lies, (laughs) but it doesn't like no the jokes on them because I mean, and unfortunately it's not, it's not a very happy joke when you're talking about scalp health and, and hair health when it comes to your clients, but truly IBE, it, you know, I think it got its foothold in the industry because it brought something aesthetically so new and revolutionary to the eye, but it's, it's what lies beneath where the true magic and sustainability of the method really is. I think there's so many, um, you know, elements to why IBE is attractive as a method. I yeah. think it's, you know, the, that flip up, that foundation, and then a little bit to touch on too, the education, how it's presented to stylists is yeah. unlike any other. So we launched IBE virtual education in March of 2019 and <laughs> never knowing <laughs> that COVID was around the corner and was going to shut the doors for in-person education. I mean, for some places across the world, I mean, yeah. it's it was back and forth for almost 18 months that they were they were in lockdown and unable to attend anywhere and it was so it was so cool to see that so many stylists still wanted to learn and we were there obviously mm-hmm. not knowing coming in way beforehand and I'll tell you for me the reason why I did it that way was well I guess there's a few reasons for me again I'm a mother of four I worked behind the chair my husband had a full-time job where am I ever going to find the time to go mm-hmm. and travel to teach this to salons yeah. you know my reach as a single education creator or or brand educator, I, I could only reach maybe one salon a week. But even at that, I I have young kids. I I wasn't prepared to just bounce on that. Yeah. And so the availability factor was huge for me in creating this education, knowing that if that was my personal story, then how many others in this industry were in the same spot? You know, how many working moms who to pay for a flight, to pay for travel accommodations, that hotel, that food, that travel, and also to pay for the certification course, that brings a very hefty price tag when you also factor in the opportunity costs of you having to walk away from behind the chair and lose Mm -hmm. the money you could have made those two or three days. So once you start running the numbers, I was like, it has to be a virtual training platform where no matter where you're at, in your career, as far as how busy you are, where you're at in your life, where you're at in the world, mm-hmm. you can learn this method and you can work at your own pace, you know, and then also considering that I had been to many in-person certification classes where I paid, you know, I paid a steep fee. I went for the day, maybe even two days. And I drove home from those or I flew home from those with so many questions and being totally unprepared. Yeah, totally unprepared. So I knew on the education aspect of IBE, there could not be a deadline. End of story. Bottom line, you cannot force someone into a box of learning because we all have different learning styles. And then when you factor in personal circumstances of work, home and family, nobody has the same exact formula on that. No, Mm -mm. so it has to be it has to be flexible and it has to be fluid. And 
And so that was a lot of why I created it in the way that I did. And I think that that is so magic too, just to look back on that and the timing with COVID. I mean, it's just so crazy. It was so perfect. It was just perfect. And I think that it's what kept people going. It really is. Through those times, it was dark. It was sad and it was depressing as a stylist to not do what we love. And so I think for a lot of stylists, taking the program throughout COVID kept them excited for something. Yeah, it totally did. And it was exciting to bring something back to your clients, to have something new to bring back and to show them what you've been working on. And then it for it to be IBE, of course, they they could tell the difference. They could. And then there were other clients who survived COVID with IBE, like I went know. through the whole period of time wearing it. That was the coolest thing to witness because you would never say goodbye to a guest after their service and say, see you in six months. After just installing two rows of extensions, that's not how it works. We're usually like, okay, first appointment, let's see you in seven. We'll assess from there. But, you know, we're not typically saying you can go four to six months on an install, but (laughs) that's what we saw with COVID. And I mean, a lot of these stylists were thinking, oh man, my, my guest probably had her husband, you know, take the scissors to this thread and just do a little DIY removal at home. And nope, they were coming back in the salons once they opened six months later and they had six inches of growth. And that row of IBE was just holding on fast and furious without any damage. (laughs) So, I mean, the durability was proven during COVID of the actual technique itself. It was so cool to see. I totally agree. That was crazy. (laughs) You know, in the beginning with starting all of this, it definitely hasn't been easy. I know you've shared that a few times um, here and there, but were there moments in the beginning where you thought like, this might not work or what am I doing? What's going on? What, you know, were there moments where you were stumped? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Tor, there, I mean, I will not sugarcoat it. Those moments happen probably in a cycle of every few weeks. Still, something will hit whether it's internal with running, you know, from, from employees down or from outside in with the industry response of stylists and other educators and whatever it is. I mean, heck yeah. There were so many times where I was like, just knocked off my feet. I mean, before we even launched for the first three months um, that we were kind of gearing up for launching for education in September of 2019, I started, you know, running some ads on social media. It was showing the flip up. And I mean, immediately the knockoffs just came hard and heavy. Mm. My first one was actually internationally. It was some, someone, some company, some brand out of Europe. And they were, they, they built a website and took all my pictures, all my oh. photos from my salon, my guests, my flip ups. They, they copy and pasted verbiage. They used our map and they just, they just took it. They just mm. took everything. And I, this was before we even launched. And I was like, what, you know, I, I probably came into this completely naive. I've yeah. never owned a, a company before. I've never created anything, but 
humans right. <laughs> in my, in my 35 years, I had never done anything like this. I'd never joined the industry or the, the business world in this way. And so I was shocked that that kind of response was out there. And then it quickly moved to the United States, you know, and there, and pretty soon it started happening just over and over again here. And that was really really hard for me. And every time, every time it happened, I thought, Oh, that's it. That it, I'm done for like, it, everybody's just taking what I've worked so hard to create, you yeah. know, and it just like, I just felt like exploited and, and taken advantage of. And the same people that were telling me how stupid it was and who cared about what the row looks like underneath were the same people who were putting it on their Instagram and starting mm -hmm. to teach it to their followers. And I'm like, wait, what? And I, I think I just, I can say only even maybe now, two years later, am I not surprised by this kind of behavior? But yeah. yes, the first two years, I just thought, I don't think I can survive this. I don't think I can continue to put blood, sweat and tears into something that is just going to be used and ripped apart and publicly just, you know, I mean, there's, there's been so much positivity in the industry, but there, yeah. it's, it's rough too. I remember, let's see, this was six months after I launched. So February of 2020, I got a phone call from my state cosmetology board and they said, we need to contact you because we have opened a formal investigation into your cosmetology license mm -hmm. because we've received a, a formal written complaint about you. And I, I was like, what? just shocked. I'm like, excuse me. And she said, this is a little interesting because this is coming from a different state wow. from this is from, this is coming from a licensed cosmetologist from another state across the country. Hmm. And I'm like thinking, wait, I, what? Okay. I said, can you please tell me who it's from and what it's regarding? And she said, well, yeah, this is from Sarah K. Wilkes. So hmm that name may not ring a bell for anyone, but this is another, another extension method creator, if you will, educator. And I had never had any contact with her whatsoever. I, I'd never spoken to her, never had any, never took any classes or anything. I, I was like, uh, okay. And at this time, Tori, she had right. started teaching a, a beadless flip up right at this point. And <laughs> So here she was trying to get my license taken away for a very ridiculous claim that my state board saw right through and were mm -hmm. actually very upset that another stylist in the industry would be treating another in this way. Right. Right. And I mean, it got squashed very quickly. And, you know, a letter from our state board was written back to her saying, knock it off stay in your own lane, sister. But I, yeah. I mean, I remember I was shaking on the phone and I, I truly was like, I think I'm done. 
I think I'm done with this. I like, I can't like defending myself to this degree against stylists across the country who I don't even have any contact with. I don't even know who you are, but you're trying to take me down so hard that you're willing to take away (laughs) my ability to work, my ability to provide an income for my family and to continue to create just as you have the freedom to over there in Illinois. I like, I didn't sign up for this. No one could have prepared me for the kind of that kind of just hate that I was going to get from others inside my own industry. I mean, there is no preparation for that. None. (laughs) I just truly don't think so. And, and like you said, just as positive as things are, things are most of the time equally negative, even though we highlight these positives to, to train our minds to think in that way. But I mean, the reality is, it's hard. I mean, there are so many things that just people don't even know. Like that story, you know, there are so many things that people don't even know happens behind the scenes. No. And I'm, they just don't. And I'm, I, I'm never going to be like a, a, a poor me, you know, like I, no. but because I'm grateful that I am in the position I am and have met so many incredible styles to make those connections. But also on the flip side, yeah, like, no one except for those like super close to me. Man, I'm crying on my floor in my closet. Tori. Yes. Um, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I don't, I don't think, you know, you just don't, you don't see what people go through behind closed doors. You just, mm-hmm. you just don't see it. And social media is, it's a highlight reel. And I choose to focus on the positive with this brand because it exists and it does trump the negative. But yeah. I think we all, can attest to that. Like you get that one comment even from someone on social media that's, that's rude or putting you down. And I mean, that silences all the positivity for that moment. And I've had to train my, my thoughts and my inner dialogue. I have had to work so hard to go, okay, Mackenzie, like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that comment right there? What are you going to do with that stylist right there? Are you going to let her, you know, take away and dim your light or are you just gonna like bless and release and keep keep moving forward and slowly but surely it's like the little engine that could like yes I'm just over here plugging away and with you know all the while feeling like a lot of times a lot of days I'm just like man can I just like build a little bubble because I'm not sure I'm not sure I can do this much longer. I mean, I think that was definitely something that probably surprised you about our industry is just how much of that there really truly is. You know, my surprises on this industry, like you just said, it's like for all the positive, there's negative. I think my biggest, my biggest surprise of this industry is really twofold. It, it, it came from the stylist and the reaction to to me and to IBE. I mean, the, the one surprise was I had no idea that so many would, would get so hateful or so triggered or wouldn't just take my class to support another stylist. They would just as soon rather knock me off. Yeah. Um, and that was surprising to me because why is there almost a million posts underneath the hashtag stylist supporting stylists? 
Mm. Why is it that Sarah K. Wilkes uses that hashtag and even had a convention about that we were tied together, but yet six mm. months later tried to rip me apart? Right. You know, and so I think there is this, there's a little bit of a phenomenon of stylists supporting stylists until yeah. you feel either threatened by until something like that happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, it, it's this like turn, you know, Yeah. but also again, that isn't the case with everyone. And I would never, I, I would never put that out there because this IBE community that who even knew that a community could be built around an extension method. Yeah. I has just, that has been as much of a surprise to me, I think as probably even more a surprise as the negative reactions to me and to IBE, even bigger of a surprise has been the positivity and the support and truly like the building up of one another that we've seen within this IBE family, that has been so cool to see. Yeah, this this community, I'm sure, is just one of those things that keeps you going no matter what. Because as you see, like you look in the app, you look on Instagram, all the social media, and you just see this this community banded together. And I love that one thing I want to mention is it's, it's, you know, it's, we're all so different and we all have very different businesses and we all have very different clients and very different goals for ourselves behind the chair. And Mm -hmm. we are all connected and intertwined with IBE. And I think to look at that each day, I know you've, you've said this before so many times that you, you are so grateful for that and that that is what keeps you going and keeps um, that positivity front and center. Oh, it totally does. I mean, I, I think about it in terms of being a mom and I look at my kids and I'm like, when they're all getting along and helping each other, I'm just like, this is like beautiful. There's nothing Mm -hmm. more rewarding and beautiful than seeing people come together and and help each other and support each other. And that's how I feel about these stylists. And we refer to it often as uh, as a family. Right. And I do, I just feel so grateful every time, every time a stylist even posts beautiful work, I'm just like, oh, thank you for like helping to elevate this creation of mine you know this idea and and to see how stylists have taken it and created incredible lifestyles for themselves and their families salon cultures you know even those who work alone in suites reaching out and becoming friends with others in their suite who they may not have ever thought they had anything in common with yeah and I and I like that you highlight that that we are all so different but have found this this common ground and that's something even with the method itself was important to me because i wanted to dispel the myth that extensions are only for bachelorette contestants you know right. or bachelor contestants because right. that's that's kind of what was created and curated in this industry you know from from previous brands or whatnot, that you had to look a certain way. You had to be in a certain financial bracket to be worthy of extensions. And man, I don't like that at all on any level. And so I think that kind of, that kind of bled into the stylist as well, thinking, oh, so I don't 
have to, you know, live on the West Coast and be intertwined with specific circles to be able to offer extensions. I can yeah. live in the Midwest. I can live in a in, you know, a little farming country and, you know, farming town yeah. in Louisiana and I can make over six figures a year. And we've seen that with IBE. And it's cool just to see these stylists start really truly believing in themselves and feeling worthy and feeling like they have value enough to invest in their education and really treat it like the incredible career that it can be if you put that focus into it. I think a lot of times too, that's what blows people's mind is once they do it, once they commit to it, they see what they can do and what's possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is crazy. It really truly is. And there's just nothing like that within the industry. The success stories that come out of IBE just never cease to amaze me. And it's it's from every walk of life, every stylist from 18 to, I mean, we've had stylists in their 60s get certified and absolutely restart and relaunch their career by doing extensions who, you know, and, and we've had stylists who were like, hey, I was on my way out. I, this was my last ditch effort to even try and stay in this industry that, you know, so often it we're worn out. We get, we all suffer from burnout in this industry. A lot of us take on too much. We work too much. We, we get numb to everything. And so for a lot of stylists, IBE certification has really truly been like this last ditch effort that if this doesn't work, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to restart my career outside of the hair industry. And it's just been so cool to see them see that passion reignite and stay ignited, which is hard mm -hmm. to do in this industry. It's hard to keep that flame alive. And, and we've seen that just like constant burn for those who jump into IBE with both feet. They're just still like, they can't get enough. Yeah. What's the most important personality trait or strength that someone would need to to be successful? You know, maybe just in this industry, not even just with IBE, but but in the industry. What do you think? Man, I feel like when it comes to to getting better and really like refining your skills, which you have to, you have to do continued education. You have to continue to, you know, to refine those skills. I think the biggest thing is you've got to be teachable. Mm. And there are, <laughs> there's just a lot who, who that doesn't come easy there. It's, it's hard for someone to tell them what to do or to correct them. And I've seen that throughout being a mentor with, you know, IBE and teaching this method. There were many who came through the program that were not teachable and they struggled really hard mm. and they didn't end up being successful with IBE because they came in and they already knew better. They, yeah. they already knew, <laughs> they already knew all the things and they weren't open-minded enough to just go, okay, I'm setting my ego at the salon door and I'm walking in and just going, all right, what do I need to do? Yeah. And we find that, you know, as far as from a, from an education standpoint, that is the biggest factor and whether you will be successful or not is your humility and your ability to be teachable. Yeah, that is just so important there. You know, and there's times where I think 
we all catch ourselves like, no, that's not right. Or that's oh, not for how sure. I do it. Or something that's, there's a quote, I'm not even going to try, but it's like, if you say, that's not the way I've always done it, there's a problem. Yes. Because you're not being open to trying something new. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And, and that's why I sometimes joke and I say that stylists who come into this program without any knowledge at mm -hmm. all about extensions are some of the best. Yeah. <laughs> they, they end really up being are. some of the most successful. They get through the program the quickest because they're just like, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know <laughs> anything about scalp help. I don't know anything about sewing. I've never put a bead in someone's hair. So just show me what I got to do. And they end up yeah. being, they end up being just the absolute best. They don't have to unlearn bad habits, but they also don't have any previous experience that they have maybe, you know, built this false sense of ego that they already know everything there is to know about extensions. They just come in open-minded and that's, it's just been amazing to, to watch that. That truly is, I feel like one of the most important character traits that you can have in being successful. And even outside of the extension industry, even if it's, this comes to running your salon or having good relationships yeah. in your life, you've got to be open to hearing other points of view. You need to be humble enough to stop and, you know, don't react, but listen, you know, listen to understand. And I mean, those are just all really great character traits anyways to have it. Not saying that any <laughs> of us, like you said, are perfect at that because for sure, all of us, I think human nature is to oftentimes, yeah. you know, you just get defensive. Someone tells you, Hey, that's wrong. You're going to need to try it again. You want to be defensive and go, well, I did my best. Well, that's right. fantastic. But you know, take, take a second, hold your tongue and go, okay, you know, look inwards first and, and you'll be successful. Yeah. That's so, so true. Gosh, that's, and that's a hard one, but I mm -hmm. think that, you know, the more that we talk about it and share it and we're conscious of it, is the closer we're going to get to the very, very most success with our lives. You yeah. Know? I have a good question. Yeah. What are you most proud of with IB? Oh, the community. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I mean, the method is beautiful. We're, we're changing, you know, lives that way. We're rehabilitating hair, but mm. we are like the community is rehabilitating souls. <laughs> like, yeah. like we are that, that aspect of, of what we've created as a brand and how we have stood behind our stylists, which then makes the stylist stand behind each other. That is what I am most proud of is the community and, and that the vibe mm -hmm. that comes with the IBE family. And that is something that again, was unexpected, but has been the biggest blessing and the best accomplishment that I feel like I, I have. Oh, that is, and it is like, I think that, you know, without that, it's, there's just nothing. There really isn't. I mean, without your peers and those people close to you, it is really, really hard to get by. We le we really do lean on each other. Yeah, we do. And, you know, from a business standpoint, it's like, yeah, IBE is great. Business is booming. Numbers are are good. We sell lots of products out of the store, but at the end of the day, that's not 
personally what I am concerned with. I, I got other people to, to run numbers and whatever. To me, it's how are the stylists feeling today? What can we do yeah. to help better support them? What are they struggling with, with either technique or just with their overall sense of like being valued and loving their life? Those are the thoughts that like consume me personally. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that is what, again, that's, what's going to make you successful is, is that part of it. And where, whereas if we've seen, there's, again, there's lots of flip ups, there's lots of methods, there's lots of companies, but, but there's so much more to just running a successful company that turns a profit, in my yeah, opinion. That's so true, too. What is your your dream for IBE? Just the method? Is it just that community? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been asked this a few times. And I'm like I am a dreamer, but I also yeah. I also am very much a realist and I like to look at what's here now and how I can make a decision today to like yeah. affect that, you know? And I I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's no. that's kind of how I look at things. So my dreams really I, I think I have more dreams that come with a 24 hour deadline than yeah. I do maybe a five or 10 year plan. And yeah. I truly feel like if you're, if you're living each day and if you have the right priorities every day, then the long-term dreams and goals just really fit into place because at that right. point you're working from an authentic place where you're truly just trying to do what's necessary to make a positive impact and difference. And I feel like in my experience, those long-term goals and the dreams, like I couldn't even have dreamt myself <laughs> what is coming up in 2022, but because I'm open and I'm, and I'm working, like I said, from that place, these dreams and these goals are like coming at me. Like yeah. when, when you're open to listening to others on your team and others in your community, you guys are the ones who are bringing these incredible ideas and elevating this company to places that I don't know that on my own, I would have been able to see. So yeah. my intent every day is to nourish the relationships that I have in front of me and the people that show up for IBE and and we're just like, it's this snowball effect that like, it mm -hmm. just keeps rolling and rolling until now all of a sudden in 2022, we have in-person education, we've got workshops, we've got technique intensive, we have whole entire arms of this brand that were never in my, they were never part of my dreams and goals in 2019 when I launched this never thought it would have been possible. I actually really love that it's not you like sitting down with a piece of paper. I mean, that is just like the answer I feel like that people want, but that's not the that's not going to do it. It's the work that you're doing today. It's planting the seeds, you know, um for for these trees and these limbs to grow. Yeah. And that happens each day. And so I love that. I love that answer. I think that that is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the right answer for me, you know, That's and, and right. we, I think everybody is going to work in their own unique ways. But that is, I feel pretty strongly that for me and my, to keep on track with my visions and goals and, 
and keep growing. That's, that's what works for me. And it feels good. feels good to me to do it that way. And I'm so excited to, to experience what IBE has in store for 2022. I just know it's going to be unimaginable and better than, better than anything we've seen. Oh man, absolutely. I listen, as I have personally grown, I feel like the brand has grown. I mean, when we started this, I was, I was everything. I was a mentor. I was the social media. I was the educator. I, it was all me. I was shipping products out. I, it was me and my husband. And as I've grown, you know, the company's grown and as it's grown globally, there is just so much incredible stuff coming in 2022 alone. And and we've all grown together. And that's, I think, again, that's part of the beauty of IBE is, is we have just all authentically grown together right. through the whole process. And I, you know, I did, I, I came with the ideas, I came with the passion, but really the stylists, I feel like have walked right alongside me in, in this journey you know, to, to being where we are today as a successful brand in the industry. Everything that we've mentioned today has just brought it to, to become what it is and what it's going to be too. So I, I love this. And I know that, um, this is just the first of many chats we'll be hosting here on the podcast. And I want to thank you for hanging out today and sharing all of your thoughts and all of your, you know, all the things that brought you here and created IBE. I think that this is something that's important and um, something that people need to understand about IBE. So I've loved that. So thank you for sharing. Oh, I thanks for the opportunity to tell a little bit of my story. You know, I forget that that people come through IBE every day that may not, you know, you weren't here at the very beginning when you saw me, you know, growing <laughs> through all of this. And so so I appreciate the opportunity to, to walk down memory lane and, and share a few things that maybe some others are not going to want to hear, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's my story to tell. And it's, it's about time. I, I tell it. So many people shy away from that, but that's not what we're doing here. We're being authentically us and we encourage others to be the same. Yes. So thank you for hanging out um, and chatting with us here and um, and being the best guest we could ever have. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. I feel honored to be the first on the Flip in the Industry podcast. This is going to be so fun to watch and see, you know, who the who the special guests are as we work through the years of this podcast. It's going to be a collection of incredible guests, I am sure. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on the Flipping the Industry podcast with your host, Tori Johnston, and our very special guest, Mackenzie Turley. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the creation of IBE. Please join us next week where we'll be talking about the IBE word of the year for 2022, dynamic. And we're going to be talking with a very dynamic IBE stylist. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to recommend to all of your stylist friends. 
As always, if you're interested in becoming an IB stylist, you can head on over to InvisibleBeadExtensions.com to apply to get certified. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.